Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics. Energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach-Lewis. Well, hello, ambitious one. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Breakthrough. Perhaps you have a bold ambition or an emerging desire to hit the million dollar mark and beyond in your business. You may be well on your way or just starting out. Regardless, this show is for you. Today, I want to welcome Bobby Reset, who is the founder and CEO of Virtual Gurus, which is a talent as a service solution platform that matches its users with the perfect North American remote assistants and freelancers by using matchmaking algorithms. Bobby, welcome to Breakthrough. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk about this. Um, So first of all, congratulations. You've scaled your business to seven figures in less than three years. Do you have to pinch yourself about this this ride you've been on, or are you up to speed with where you're at and your success? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I have, I have moments where I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Um, but I think I'm just so focused and driven to just keep going that I, I actually look at it as it's just a number and I want to, that's just, that's just one small milestone that I hit. I'm ready to hit the next huge milestones that I've set up for myself. So for me, I, I don't really look at it as, as, as something really big. Um, but there are moments that I have where I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I did that. And I started it with $300 in my pocket. So Amazing. (laughs) So before we jump in too far, tell me a little bit about Virtual Gurus. Sure. So Virtual Gurus has got two sides of it. Um, We're obviously a two-sided marketplace, but we have a little bit of a social impact side as well. That's super important. So I'll jump into that in a moment. Um, On the main side of it, what we do is we provide virtual assistant services to uh, businesses and entrepreneurs. And when I started it, I thought it was just going to be something small. uh, And then it since evolved because Technology is kind of my back end, my background. I love marketing. And um, so now what we do is we provide the talent as a service solution. um, And they're also known as freelancers. And we provide them to businesses and entrepreneurs. But all of our virtual assistants are onshore. um, So we don't offshore. And also what we do is we pay a fair wage, which has really kind of given us a good um, oomph up there as well. And um, lastly, we really try to hit the social impact side of it. So we only onboard uh, virtual assistants basically who have, I wouldn't say have had hardships, but who are definitely marginalized, whether it be uh, Indigenous people, people with disabilities, people um, who are single stay-at-home moms who just can't make ends meet or trying to make ends meet. Um, So we really try to focus on the social impact side. So that's actually encouraged me to start Virtual Gurus Academy, which is a virtual assistant academy. Um, And so since we've grown, that's why now we're actually building the tech. So we have a totally HR onboarding tech. We have a new AI platform um, that is matched with, um, it's a Slack app. Um, And so those are by the task. And then we have our algorithm builds for matching profiles. Wow. 
Okay, so that's a lot. Um, I've got a whole <laughs> bunch of places I want to go. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to go super specific first. So when you um, work with what your virtual assistants, do you go, is this the AI helps match the right task with the right VA or do your clients have a dedicated VA? They get a dedicated VA. So the algorithm matches the client. So the client can go through the platform. And they'll say, I need a VA who is Eastern time zone, um, has 20 hours a month available, and can do social media, bookkeeping, and maybe a little bit of light sales work. Um, and so they'll click that into the, and it's like a radio button, so they'll click it in, and the algorithm matches them with their top uh, VAs that, that suit the needs that they've put in. Um, and so they'll say, okay, well, there's going to be 40 top matches, and the top 10 are the ones that are 100% matched. So they can pick through those that have already been matched with them. And they can pick that person based on their profile. Um, and so they might need somebody in Toronto. So they'll get a VA that's in Toronto. Um, so we let them pick. Now, one of the things that we do internally is we match them internally as well. Um, so they might come through and say, I don't know who I want to pick. That's okay. We have more of a consultative approach as well. So we, um, we will match them based on their needs. Uh, and one of the things that we're implementing into the HR side of it, the onboarding, um, because we're scaling, is we're going to be implementing an HR um, AI matching. Uh, but that will take some time. But that's the, the direction we're headed. Oh, so neat. Mm -hmm. So... These are virtual assistants, but you are focusing on getting them in the same area. Is there then the ability that for those certain times that the remote workers would go on site? Yep. So they can, when the remote worker comes in to us, the virtual assistant comes in and they pass through all the onboarding um, and they come in and they, they, they therefore become an active worker with us, uh, contractor. Uh, they can they fill out a form, and one of the questions is, are you willing to go meet your person face-to-face? -face? And, and we obviously have things that we suggest. We don't suggest going to their house. We suggest, you know, uh, mm -hmm. meeting in a coffee shop or at their office or, you know. And uh, so, yeah, they certainly can, and it's, it's actually done, especially with quite a few of our older clients. And, um, you know, sometimes they don't really care, so they don't necessarily ask for it. Uh, they just want somebody local, and that, that is just important to them. Hmm. Mm. And so in your experience, what is it about having that local um, assistant that is important to your clients? Um, I think, you know, Canada is going through a lot of like economic issues right now, as we all know. And, and I think a lot of it is, is, is people have that, you know, they want to support local. Mm. And, you know, and, and that's kind of the way we target and we market um, because because I strongly am a huge believer, and especially in Calgary right now going through recessions, um, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer of, of supporting locals. So I'll have, I'll have 20, I think we have 20 or 30 or even 40 virtual assistants in Calgary alone. Um, and, and, and it's just important to me, and I think that I can see clients it's important to. That said, my personal assistant, so my virtual assistant, is actually in Columbia right now traveling. She's a nomad. Um, and she's Canadian. And I mean, that's great. Like she's, yeah. she's living the life, living her best life. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could do that right now. Um, but uh, so, I mean, it's, they're different. They're all from different walks of life. So. Mm, amazing. That is really neat. So in the last couple of years, you have won some 
pretty amazing awards. So Canadians Indigenous Entrepreneur of the Year, Woman Entrepreneur of the Year, Prairie Region, uh, you know, Startup Canada. So congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, what, what has, you know, winning these awards, what does that mean for you personally and for your business? For me, you know, to be honest, um, I, if none of the, winning those awards were not for me. They're for my team to show them that if I can do it, so can they. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I've had hardships in my life, but I certainly didn't, I, I wasn't smart. I didn't go into to university. I didn't, you know, I was working at an oil and gas job when I first started this and, and I didn't, you know, I had a lot on my plate in a way of where I was kind of using the bank of mom at the point when I started this. And so I was, I went through some struggles and, and I was on borderline on homeless, you know, three or $300 in my pocket and didn't have enough for my rent. So I feel that, that I pushed myself through to get to this level. And now we're just going higher and higher and higher. And we just closed the funding round. And I feel that it was more for my team. So whenever we won this awards, it was important that I took my team with me. And, um, you know, the first people that I've ever thanked, uh, other than my parents, is always my team. Because if it wasn't for them, you know, the hustle, the grind of a startup life is, it's, it's hard. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta, in any business, really, like, you gotta wake up, you gotta hustle, you're grinding all week, and you're, you're putting the pedal to the metal to get you to that next level. And, and that's what this last three years has been. So it's, it's getting us ready to make sure our MVP is good, and then we're moving on to scale-up mode. Right, right. Before we talk about scale up, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about that entrepreneurial journey for you. Did you want to be a business owner when you were a kid? <laughs> no. Um, actually, I wanted to be a music instructor for uh, people of hard, hard of hearing, for deaf people. So I went to uh, university. Well, it wasn't university. It was college to get my sign language degree. Hmm. Um, and I like to play drums. So I was going to really implement that in. Um, but I worked in administration uh, for about 15 years before I went into oil and gas and I was a rescue technician. So I rescued the people. Um, and I did that when I started coming up with the idea of virtual gurus. And uh, so while I started virtual gurus, I worked as a coffee, in a coffee shop um, and, and I was on EI cause I was laid off my oil and gas job. Wow. So it was, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't something I wasn't sure it was going to actually go somewhere. And uh, my life itself, like getting up to that point was, you know, this time 10 years ago, if you asked me this question 10 years ago, I'd have no idea that I would be this person. Mm. So what, what made you be this person? You've got $300 in your, uh, to your name and uh, you, you know, you're on EI. Um, what, what pushed you down this path? I I think once you get the taste of it, and I'm pretty sure everybody that you interview and you know, yep. and yourself included, once you get that taste of it, it's it's you know you're in it, and, and it's not for everybody, but for the ones that it is for, you get that taste of it, you get that uh, you know, and and it's just like I eat like at first the first year or two, I eat, sleep, and breathe this company basically. What can I do to get it here? And I want to build the tech. I want to do this. And, and we have to make sure that we have a project management system to manage all the work. And, and um, you know, it was just something that I really drive to. And, and it's interesting because I thought about this yesterday. I recently just hired a COO for the first time. 
And I'm thinking she's, she's killing it. Like she's phenomenal. She comes with machine learning background. She's just, she knows exactly what we're doing. She's just killing it. And I'm sitting here going, wow, I'm kind of bored. Like, because <laughs> I'm so used to doing the operations and the full, you know, running the whole team that's here. Like our whole operation staff is here. Um, and I'm so used to doing that. And, and I, I think that I wake up and I drive and I thrive for that. You know, um, there's no more going out with my friends and, and, doing silly things and partying to the late hours and, you know, because that's not my, that's not me anymore. My thing is going to bed early, reading a book about entrepreneurship or startup or how to be a good CEO and, uh, you know, waking up and influencing it. And it's just, um, I think that once you, you taste it, you just want more of it. It is amazing, isn't it? And I think yeah. part of the challenge of that is this whole idea about like work-life blend or harmony yep. and, you know, all of these sorts of things. And, <laughs> I tend to talk to my clients about, uh, you know, making sure that what we're doing in our business is what we love um, <clears throat> because there are going to be the hard days and there are going to be these sorts of things. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel that same way myself that, uh, you know, I don't know the last time that I read um, a fiction book. I read books all the time. Yeah. They're very specific to my business and I just love it. Like I can't, it doesn't feel like a hardship. Yeah. You know, and that's what they say. You know, if you love what you do, it doesn't even feel, you know, like I, I'm not going to lie. I think I did go through a burnout last year um, and I experienced burnout and, you know, I'm pretty sure it made people all around me worried and, you know, I'm, I'm only human. Um, and, and that, that was a reality to me that even though I think I can do it all, I can't. I'm not indestructible and I need to slow down and understand that although I have that hunger for it, I don't need to take that hunger fully serious and I can just like, you know, just keep myself like appetizing, you know, like make sure that I'm not like overdoing it. And, um, and so is that important. part of the reason for the COO? That and, and we're, I won't be able to take the company to the next level on my own anymore. Um, carry the whole company on my back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm managing an operation staff here uh, in our head office. We have operation staff in Toronto as well. Um, we have over 150 contractors actively working right now. Um, and then we have 6,000 pre-vetted in our database that are, are rolling. Um, so we're, and we just opened up full to the U.S. So um, we're starting to scale and, and, and there's just, it's, it's done with just me doing, holding it all on my back. It's, it's time for me to build a, a good team around me. Yeah. So what's that scaling look like? 6,000 in your database? Yeah, that are, they're in the database of people that have applied. So there was, there's actually 17,000 people that have applied in like less than a year to work with us. Cause we're one of the largest in Canada and um, it's great. Obviously, we have to pre-vet those people because mm. that's part of our promise. Um, and that's something we're working on now. We realize as we scale, mm. we have to get tighter on our pre-vetting. Um, so we've narrowed that that down to a mailing list of 6,000. Um, we'll probably even narrow that down even more. And, and we're now going to be launching platforms to hire and onboard people and plug them through our testing systems. Um, and uh, so once we get onto there, we'll be able to do more mass hiring as opposed to one by one. Uh, because like... Yeah. Yeah. We get tons of requests for large accounts. Like I need 50 virtual assistants. We're like, uh, <laughs> that is amazing. Congratulations. It's so exciting to see how, you know, 
just how quickly that's growing. So <laughs> I'm curious, what was the first thing that you outsourced? Like that I outsourced personally? Or or? Yeah, when you started. Well, the funny thing was, is when I first started, I was the virtual assistant myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did some funny things like posting on buy and sell, like KGG type sites, uh, Craigslist. And um, I was trying to find my own MVP for it and, my, you know, come up with what, what, is, what am I trying to do here? So I even posted on Upwork uh, and all these other uh, freelance platforms. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing the headache of it. And, and I mean, there's nothing against it because, you know, whatever, they're the ones that have led the way for the freelance industry. But it was such a headache on the point of me being um, starting it as a freelancer. So I had to bid very low just to get any work. And I was like, there's no way. So I actually started being the virtual assistant and signing up just to find out. So I started interviewing business owners. What were the headaches for them? So next thing you know, I had 19 clients on my own. So I hired my very first virtual assistant and she's actually still with virtual gurus and she's actually one of our sales managers now. Mm -hmm. um, and I, she's in Toronto and I ended up getting her to basically do the work of the 19 clients while I was trying to figure out what we could do, getting the website builds, this and that. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was the first thing I outsourced was outsourced my own virtual assistant. And then that's actually where the light bulb kind of came on. Um, where I had her with 19 and she was like, you know, Bobby, I think we're going to need another assistant to help me. So we got two, another one and then another one. And then I'm like, wow, okay. So why can't I build this into an actual virtual assistant freelancing platform that where we provide skilled and trained workers to businesses and entrepreneurs well, you know, we do the pre-vetting, we do the management of the VAs because you can't, you know, that's the thing. If you go to a VA on your own, you can't necessarily, it's hard to manage sometimes. It right? is, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's part of the price of the packages. So we, we do all the management, we do the liaison, they have access to our full project system. Everybody's got a user account um, now. And so I think that would be probably the very first thing where the light bulb went on, but was I actually outsourced my own VA. Amazing. Bobby, I'm just going to take us to commercial and uh, okay. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Welcome back to Breakthrough. My name is Sarah Roach Lewis, and I'm here with Bobby Reset of Virtual Gurus. Um, Bobby, I want to circle back to something that you said at the beginning. You talked about the importance of paying a fair wage to your employees, and that you are really focused on inclusive first hiring practices. So tell me a little bit more about that and why you see that as an important company value for the virtual gurus. Definitely. Um, so virtual gurus, it's important to me and it's, it's you know, kind of rewind back to my thought process as to why I've done that. But um, for me, I've always struggled finding work um, in my personal outside of my entrepreneur life. Uh, and that's because I'm an LGBTQ person with um, tattoos and I am an indigenous person. So it's been really tough for me. And I watched my parents struggle, like struggled finding work too. And, and, you know, so that, that was kind of my whole reason why when I started it and I started seeing it go and um, I started seeing it kind of starts going up and we're getting a lot of clients I, I was like, you know, I put it as a mandate for myself that we're going to be exclusive to hiring, uh, you know, people from all walks of life, but those that are obviously marginalized um, in minority groups that uh, have struggled like myself. Um, and whether that be just women, it's her, the women itself down to people with anxiety or people that are transgendering um, and, and are transitioning genders and, you know, they're, they, they can't be themselves at work. Um, you know, so we have people from everywhere that work for us, and it's super important to me to be able to offer that. Now, to be able to keep the culture of a large remote team to all be on the same page of that, it's a little challenging itself. Um, but I think that if you stay true to who you are, and like we share all of my interviews with all of our contractors, um, it's important for them to know that the reason and why I do it in order to do that, I can't talk to all of them personally anymore because we have so many so interviews such as this is one of the better ways for me to get the message out to them as to why as well and 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 i think it gives them that that excitement of what they work for and why um but as far as keeping the culture side of it we do send out regular updates on our uh, mission vision value statements and then we have a diversity inclusion statement that is sent to them when they come on board um, and it, it's a full statement of what our, our mission statement as far as inclusivity. Um, so we make sure that we try to stay true to that. And then our internal office, it starts there because they're the ones that are dealing with and working with a lot of the VAs or the clients. Um, so we make sure that we create that culture in the office that, that has it. And I believe it all just starts with culture. And culture starts at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, if, 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 if you are staying within culture on your own company and you're staying with culture, you know, and you have your internal team, you know, up to the same values, 
it's just going to keep going and the ripple effect of having everybody onto that same page. Um, you know, we don't, uh, it's a really important. And the, the thing is, is we have a lot of people, uh, we have people that are, yeah, like I said, trans, transitioning genders and they should feel safe and comfortable to be in our community channel without feeling judged or anything with all the other contractors. Very important. Yeah. And you know, it is so important as employers we do need to create psychologically safe workplaces. And then you have created um, a culture where uh, that is especially important. Mm -hmm. So what has been the impact on, you know, giving marginalized people that, um, that opportunity? What has been the impact that you've seen for your employees as well or your, your contractors? Um, I think what I, I, I think the most thing important thing to me is is that I want them to be able to get confidence mm-hmm. in themselves because I know all too well how it is easy to lose confidence in yourself when you're feeling beat down, um, and uh, so as long as I see them having confidence, you know, I do have a few virtual assistants that'll reach out to me on Slack and and I don't always get the time to talk to them anytime anymore, but I try to as much as I possibly can, um, you know, and I think it's just important to be able to try to still have that open door even though no matter how big you get um and i think that when a lot of them see that if i can do it so can they because they all you know we we coach them into opening their own businesses becoming contractors and you know we really help them with that um i've seen so many good things on the internal back end of our system i've seen vas helping each other um you know saying I need help with this. And then another VA will come in and, and be like, Hey, uh, I can help you with this. And I see them building a team and that to me, I can't help but actually sometimes it brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, Oh, you know, and, and it just feels so good to see that. Um, the impact side of it, we're still working on where we can, we want to, we want to affect more. We want to do a lot more. Um, and with closing this funding round, that's going to help us with that. So uh, we are going to be working, uh, two of our investors are from impact funds. So uh, we are definitely going to be working further towards that and drafting out an impact report that will go to the company uh, and go to the public as well. Uh, and the goal is for us to offer more jobs to marginalized, whether it be the people with disabilities, um, people that are indigenous and or LGBTQ communities, um, and in order to do that, we need to make sure that we have a culture sensitivity program for the clients as well. And so it's, it, it, there's a whole big side to it that you have to hit because you want to make sure that clients coming in understand that too. That, you know, if they, if they have, get somebody that has a disability, how do you work with that person? How do you, you know, and it's not even how do you work with that person. It's the, the sensitivity of how do you make sure that you're, you've got the right language around how you're working with the person and, you know. So I think that if we just stay on a par for that, that the impact side will, will start really working itself out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, there's so many places I want to go. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. And I just, I, I just think it's so fantastic. Um, and, and part mm-hmm. of that, my background is uh, I, created a program here called uh, Trade Horizons, and, and really we did. There was lots of people. Um, but it's for, um, f- for women to explore careers and opportunities in skilled trades and mm-hmm. really supporting women to transition from poverty to a sustainable livelihood. Yeah. And 
that piece around confidence, it, it, does, it, it gives me goosebumps mm -hmm. because I've seen that myself. And I, I, I often talk about the only thing that builds confidence is action. And mm -hmm. whether that action is, I, I mean, I remember back in those days and program's been around, it's in its 11th year. Um, and amazing success out of that. And I remember, you know, in those first couple of years of, doing all of these activities and really what made the difference for women was building yeah. the darn shelf at the community, yeah. at the community college, right? Like welding those two plates together, building mm -hmm. the shelf, wiring the lamp. That's what builds confidence. And so I, I, I think that's what you're mm -hmm. seeing as well is yeah. giving people the opportunity to discover their own confidence is a beautiful thing. It really is. Like one thing that my mom, you know, used to try to teach me when I was doing a lot of things and she was, you know, raising me up was, you know, if you do something on your own and you build it, you need to feel good about it, regardless what it is, regardless if it's a shelf, you feel good that, you know what, I did that, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if it's like, okay, I'm working from home and I'm getting work and I'm getting doing really good and I'm getting five-star reviews for virtual gurus. I did that, you know, and we, we really try to get bonuses and structure and we tr really try to we always try to pick everybody up so we'll go into our main slack channel where all of the vas are and we'll say hey this va just got a five-star review like a raven review from their client like amazing let's all like let's all like give this va a virtual hug and everybody will jump in and congrats buddy good job and they just support each other and that at the end of the day i can't see that person how they're feeling behind the computer screen but I can tell that that's what's building the team behind the internal team is they're, they're feeling good about that because, you know, we're all there to support each other through it. Um, and when, if you do it, it's, it's, it's something that I try to tell people, you know, as long as you do it and you feel good about it, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so let's talk about this funding round. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, for folks who don't understand that language, what is uh, impact? What is impact or mm -hmm. Okay, so impact is, is basically a social, um, so you want to be able, you got to be able to impact some sort of the social economy in some sort of a way, um, you know, so there are a lot of impact funds out there now, uh, so, you know, there are tons of investors for the startups or for businesses, etc., and um, so I was technically going after investors that were not impact funds, uh, and then I decided, you know what, like, we are turning into an impact uh, company, a startup, where we're trying to impact the social economy by bringing, you know, more in, in a different reflection of, of offering jobs to people who are less marginalized and et cetera. So, so in impact funds are, they're really good. They're actually ran by uh, VCs, so venture capitalists. And they have a certain amount of people that put into their impact fund. And then when you get impact funded, you, have a little bit of a um, KPIs that you have to hit and a certain impact report that you have to fill out and do. Um, so it's good. I think it's a, a lot. If a lot of companies got funded by impact funds, I think that a lot of the world would be changing. Like mm -hmm. there'd be a lot of good things happening out there. So we're really talking about um, whether it's on that spectrum of a social enterprise or a social purpose mm -hmm. business, but that yeah. idea about business can actually create social good at the same time. Social good, yeah. And yeah. solve some of those, you know, significant social problems. And that one of those ones that you're really looking at is mm -hmm. employment for, uh, you know, for marginalized populations, which mm -hmm. is so cool. So was there, 
a specific decision to, to seek that kind of funding um, to grow the business as compared to like a traditional VC rounds of funding? Um, no. I mean, there was. Um, for I say for the first half of the year, like for when I was raising rounds, I, I went through about 170 no, like wow. 170 investors saying no to me. Um, but I kept pushing and I kept pushing and pushing. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And then I, I kind of, somebody came to me. I was actually at, on a panel, actually, and somebody said, you know, you're, 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 you're making social good happen. Like, you're, you're, you know, you're bringing good things. Like, you're, you're a social company. You're doing, you know, and it, I, I really thought a lot about it. And then I started actually reaching out to some VCs that have an impact fund because that, that believed in me. Like, not believed in me, but after what I wanted to go after. They had the same values and the same vision as well. Um, and it took a while for that to happen uh, because I really needed to do a lot of research. So luckily, I ended up finding an impact fund that raises money for or puts money into companies that are um, female-led or LGBTQ-led that have tech companies. And then I found another that they, they are a fund for women-led startups. And then I found another one that's for indigenous-led startups. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, so two of those are coming in on the funding round and one of them being the lead investor, which is really, really good. Um, and so the lead investor, um, kind of sets out the, the KPIs that I need to hit in the impact. And we have to do an impact report quarterly update as well of what we're doing. Um, so some of the things that we are going to do is we're going to go into the indigenous communities and I'm going to host a little mini accelerator, uh, and we're going to give them, obviously, the ones that have broadband. Um, and the goal is to be able to provide work and, and show them how to be a freelancer. So we'll plug them through the Virtual Groups Academy and, um, you know, and, and, and pay, them fair, pay them fair wage oh. and uh, create some jobs. You know. It's so amazing and <laughs> so, you know, so exciting, really, to be able to do that. And so has it been... So I think one of the interesting things about impact funds is now you're looking at what are the KPIs, um, you know, those key performance indicators that are a little bit more difficult to yeah. perhaps measure. Um, and so how have you been able to navigate and negotiate some of that? Well, I mean, it depends on what the KPIs, though. I mean, you know, you got KPIs that are your number KPIs that yeah. I'm learning a lot about. Um, you know, and, and that is, uh, I have a corporate strategist that helps me with all of that part. Um, and now the KPIs on the impact side is is something where I'm going to have to take their lead on because this is so new to me as well as far as going with that. All I know is what I want to do and what I, if I can inspire one, I've inspired a nation. And that's kind of my number one thing. But the thing is, is I want to go and I want to inspire you know, start small, inspire 10 in each community, start hitting those remote communities, and not just indigenous communities, but I want to inspire more people. And I want to get more people that understand why we do this and to come in. And, and so to be able to build a KPI on that, I don't know if there's a way to do it. I think, you know, I think it's just, I don't know. I don't think there's a way to build a KPI inspiring people, but... I mean, we could try. <laughs> we've, got, we've got to figure that out, right? We've got to figure and, it out. <laughs> like, and it, it is interesting because the work that I used to do around this was was government funded, mm -hmm. and um, and so it I struggled with that for a long time. 
what is the measure for supporting a woman to change their life and to go from being on, you know, having to access social assistance Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, all of these sorts of things to now you spend a lot of money, you go to school, like there's a lot of upfront investment, but what shoots out the other end is someone who has, you know, what, what impact does that have on their kids and all of these sorts of things? Exactly. You know, and I think that, you know, you know, and I think that if you take a deeper dive into some of the impact uh, reports that I've read, I think one of the only ways that they can actually really measure that is by doing essentially a thesis on it, if what you've done. Um, and that's something that I've been obviously like reading a lot of trying to learn because for me, it's really important that not only I make my investors happy and not only, you know, but that I stay true to what our vision is. And so to do that, it's I, I want to make sure I'm continuously always learning something. And I ended up downloading, I don't know, I think it was like 20 different impact uh, reports from uh, impact-funded startups and, and and reading going, oh, wow, okay. So And, and I'm learning from it because I'm going to have to build that report myself. And, and I, I don't know, I think I'm actually really looking forward to that because I think it's something that's new that's going to test me because now I'm not fully running the operations of the company now. Now I can focus on this and be like, okay, you know, um, well, well, doing things that make me happy, you know, and, and that's, that's, I'm excited for it. Amazing. I'm going to take us to break and we'll be right back. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Welcome back to Breakthrough. My name is Sarah Roach Lewis, and I'm here with Bobby Reset of Virtual Gurus. Bobby, I love this conversation about, you know, sort of that social impact and You've been so clear on your commitment to supporting marginalized communities, whether that's LGBTQ or Indigenous folks, um, you know, looking at how do we support accessibility. So clearly, mentorship is really important to you. I'd love to hear from you a little bit about have there been mentors who have supported you? Um, You know, who do you look up to? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I strongly believe in, um, you know, that saying, if you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, um, that, you know, you can essentially create, 
you can essentially manifest magic, you know? Um, and um, so, so my first mentor was actually, to be honest, is now an active shareholder. Um, and he's still a mentor to this day, even though he's a shareholder and we still have to keep business and whatnot, but I still try to pick his brain a lot about certain things. Um, but I was in Arlene Dickinson's uh, tech accelerator uh, when I first launched Virtual Gurus. And so we got handed, uh, we got to get three um, mentors from there, and two of them are still my mentors. Um, one of them, Ryan, is just phenomenal, and he he's he's he was he was basically raised into the entrepreneur world, and so he really helped to kind of dial me back a little bit, while also showing me it's not essentially showing me the way, but he really really worked hard on on making me learn myself. Of, but while educating me on the business side of it in a way that I didn't know was impossible. Um, and these are just by certain little things he'll say, you know, like, like the smallest little advice that you can get sometimes goes a long way. And, and his, his number one advice to me that has rang huge for me is sleep on it. As simple as it sounds, <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm a rookie CEO and there's some times where I've made some rash decisions and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm being reactive instead of proactive. And, you know, and he sat me down and said, you know what, here's my number one advice to you. Sleep on it. If anything ever bothers you, you don't know anything, you don't know how to respond or somebody upsets you or this or this or that, literally leave it and go back to it the next day. And since I've done that, it's almost like everything is so much more positive in my life in a weird way because I don't get reactive because of the stress kind of helps you get reactive and, you know, and so, so just little things like that, I think go a, a long way. Um, but yeah, mentors are super important to me. I have a few, um, you know, another mentor that really stands out for me is, is, um, he's a kind of a public speaker and I really struggled in fact in Alberta. Um, in the startup world, I am known, notoriously known for not going on stage on my demo day because I was way too nervous to public speak. In fact, this time a year ago, you couldn't get me in front of anybody public speaking. I was just way too afraid. I just couldn't do it. It's not me. It's not my life. I just, I don't feel good on stage. Um, and so when I had to go on demo day in front of Arlene Dickinson and, and, and all investors, like 150 people. I was like, nope, not doing this. Like, unclicked my mic and left the room. And I was like, not doing it. I didn't, you know, and I'm known for that. Um, so the only way for me to get past that was to just put myself into it if I wanted to grow this company because I'm getting asked to speak all the time. So uh, one mentor, Craig, he came forward and he's really helped me get over that. And now I pitched to, uh, I pitched to my largest crowd was 8,000 people in Silicon Valley. Um, and, um, and then I became the runner up for a hundred thousand dollar prize in Montreal, um, as a pitch. So I stood up in front of whatever and pitched out of, I think there was 200 pitchers, people pitching their business. And mm -hmm. I was the runner up for a hundred thousand dollar prize, which was pretty awesome. Um, so now it's changed and now I can understand, you know, so having mentors to me is, is super important, regardless of whatever you have, what kind of a business you have, even if you're just starting and even if you're a long-term very well like veteran like entrepreneur you know i think everybody should have a mentor of some sort because mentors help kind of bring your balance back down and you're like okay what do i do you know yeah, um i think it's just super important mm -hmm. so confidence yeah where do you where did you get this um 
internal fortitude, let's call it, to do these things that clearly terrify you, like uh, public speaking. Yeah, that's my one thing. Like, I I still go on panels to this day, um, and I still go up, and I actually did my first keynote a couple of weeks ago, or about a, well, a couple months ago, and it was scary. I, <laughs> I, I still don't have confidence doing it. In fact, I was up there, and it's almost like I, I just, it, I don't feel comfortable doing it at all. Um, it's not my thing, but I can just really dislike and, and put myself through that pain for the 20 minutes I'm doing a keynote or I'm on the stage speaking and just be like, this is 20 minutes of my life. Who cares? You're not going to like it. Even though I've tried to ta- teach myself to like it and like it, but I just don't like the feeling that I get internally in public speaking because I'm so nervous about it. Um, but what I've done for the, to, to look like I'm confident to other people, like people think I'm confident, but in time I'm like, Oh my God, I'm losing it. Um, is, is that I, I just, I vision my company and I vision where we're at and then I vision, you know, um, why I'm doing it, you know, and, and, and I test myself and I'll, you know, I always tell myself, Bobby, like, you know, look at where you were three years ago, look at, you know, and, you know, and I also do the Superman pose in the bathroom, which is really important. Um, you know, superwoman pose, <laughs> um, before you get on and jack yourself up a little bit. And, it really you know, is important, isn't it? So anyone who's, who's not aware of that, just Google a super, it's either Superman yeah. or Superwoman and yep. it's the power stance and you just stand like, in your power. You feel good in the mirror and you jack, like you just, you feel good and you, you Superman pose it up right before you go on stage and your, your confidence is through the roof and it feels good. Um, that's probably, you know, one of the things that has helped me probably the most. Um, the other thing is, is just not getting inside your head. You know, um, it, when you overthink things, especially when you're going on stage or you, you got to do a public speaking event or a panel or, you know, it's just don't overthink it. And, and, and I was overthinking it for my first year and a half of public speaking. And I would get on stage and say silly things and I, it just wasn't coming out right. And now I, I just, I don't even think about actually going on stage until literally five minutes before when I'm doing the Superman pose. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going on stage. <laughs> Amazing. But, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So cool. So <laughs> tell me, um, you know, thinking about this journey that you've been on, what is um, a piece of advice that you have for women who want to hit that seven figures and beyond in their own business? Honestly, um, don't like, don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, and, and, you know, don't, I mean, and, and take, take instructive criticism in a way that's going to help you build it up in a sense. So, so where this is coming from is for a few years now, I've had people tell me that this company wasn't going to scale, you know, um, I've had people saying, you know, Bobby, I absolutely love you, but I just don't think your company's going to go to that next level that you're thinking. And, and, you know, and, and it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily in this to make it a $1 billion company. I'm, I don't, I'm not saying, Hey, I'm going to be the next $10 billion company. What I'm saying is that I want to build a company that sustain, brings sustainable workforce to those that are marginalized. Um, and, and the fact that it's going somewhere, that's amazing. Obviously I wanted to go higher and go more. But I took a lot of the constructive feedback and I took a lot of it to heart in, at one point. And I started thinking, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. And I, I, I let it get to me. Um, so, I, you know, then something changed in me and something clicked where I was like, you know what, I'm done listening to that. 
Um, I'll take the constructive feedback and change what I feel that should be changed. Absolutely. But I need to have confidence in myself to just keep going. And um, so I, I started kind of coaching myself and telling myself, you know, don't take um, no for an answer. You know, if somebody says, hey, no, you know what, just be like politely shake their hand and say, this is, you know, thank you for your feedback and, and move on. Because if you believe in it and you believe in your own product, you believe in your own service, you believe in your company, that's all that matters. Don't let anybody take it away from you. You know, and that's that's just super important to me to show people that. Like, and that's not to say, like, if you think you've got the next billion idea, that's great. Obviously, you know, you've got to you got to think reality and think real about it. But I think that it's super important that if you you have to believe in yourself and your own company, um, and and don't let naysayers kind of get you down about mm-hmm. it. And and to me, I know that I've proven a lot of people wrong because I've skipped over that, you know, because I've kind of was like, hey, I'm not taking no, so <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> and that must feel good. It does feel good. Yeah, it does, and it, it feels good, but it feels like. You know, it's, it's more confident. It boosts your confidence because people ask me all the time, well, you know, actually, in fact, I was sitting with a friend yesterday who popped into my office and uh, we were just having a little bit of a working on a project cost uh, talk. And she was like, no, Bobby, this time a year ago, your confidence was nowhere like where you're at now. And I was like, I know, isn't it weird? And she's like, no, this is just like, you're so different. And, you know, it's because I didn't let people get me down. I didn't take the negativity out of it. I turned everything positive and I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for myself. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to show everybody that works with me that if I can do it, so can they. And, and that was my number one thing. And since I've changed my mindset on that, I, I honestly so seriously think that the sky's the limit. And mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And what's yeah. really interesting is you are doing it and you're doing it in your own way. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. there are all kinds of people who said it couldn't be done because mm-hmm. truly it hasn't been done before. Right. Right. But then when people say, you know, it, it can't be done, then you can think like, what do you mean it can't be done? What can't be done? Like what can't be done? Like what, you know, anything in this world, like what can't be done, you know, and, and, and it's, it's great, you know, and, and the thing is, is, is I've gained a lot of, um, you know, respect and uh, from a lot of these people in the past couple of years and, and just anybody, you know, and I have people reaching out to me continuously saying, wow, Bobby, like, you know, and, and that's it. It's like, I'm not doing this to gain anybody's respect. I'm doing it to gain my respect and to gain the people that work for virtual groups respect and to show them that I, it, it can be done. You know, and that's, that's, that's the number one thing, I think. Just don't, don't, you know, don't take, obviously take everything for a grain of salt. And obviously, if it's good constructive feedback, you should really think about that constructive feedback because that's how I've, what I've done is all the constructive feedback, I've thought about it. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe I should switch the prices to this. Maybe I should switch a member free. Maybe I should do this. And, and absolutely take that serious. Um, you don't have to do it. But I just think, you know, don't let anybody get you down, you know. Yeah, no, it's totally mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. What are things that you do differently than when you started out? And what are the things that are tried and true and you still do regardless? <laughs> That's a big one. Um, what do we still do different or what do we still, what do I do differently now? Um, I think for me is I don't run fully and solely on my emotions anymore. 
Um, for me now I make decisions based on obviously before I was making decisions based on emotions a lot of times. Um, I actually really make a lot of decisions because obviously as, as a CEO, as a founder, as, as a business owner, that is what you're, you are, you are the decision maker. And, and I really struggled with that for the first two years of owning this company and building it was, I didn't know how to make those decisions and I didn't know what costs those decisions could come at, you know? Um, so I think for me, what I do differently right now is I don't make emotion. Like I don't make, I don't base my decisions on my emotions. Um, I sleep on it. I, I think on it. I um, write it down. I do do the pros and the cons. I talk to my mentors, um, and I, I I pick I pick people's brains. Like, what do you think about this? Like, what about this? Like, you know. And and I base my decisions on that. Now, you know, on 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 a real decision, like a real life choice decision type. Um, that I think really is just more of a growth mindset too, because I think I've grown up in those last three years. But. Um, um, and, and what do I do now still is I stay true to myself. Uh, it will never change. Um, and uh, I have had people asking me, you know, in the past, like, maybe not wear my, because I always push my arm sleeves up and I have uh, full arm tattoos. And that's just my thing. I always push my arm sleeves up. It's just what I am, who I am. It's my thing. Um, I know. You can't ask me to put my arm sleeves down if I'm going on a stage to talk this or that. I am me, and I'm staying true to myself, and I'm, nobody can change that. And and it's so great. And you mm-hmm. are one of less than two, you know, two percent, less than two percent of women owned mm-hmm. businesses achieve uh, seven figures and beyond in this yeah. country and in the U.S. And so. Um, I just want to say congratulations. We don't always stop to reflect on that. So, um, yeah, so congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think what, when I look at your success, one of the things that makes me so excited about it, Bobby, is that um, it is that idea of we can't be what we can't see. And Mm -hmm. When we look at 2%, it is my bold dream that, you know, I believe that 2020 is a decade for women in business and that we need to take those trailblazers because truly at 2%, it is still just trailblazers and create that, you know, on-ramp super highway for entrepreneurs. And it is not a success Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we have, uh, you know, lots more women who are achieving the success, um, but there's no diversity there. Um, And so I think what's really powerful about um, what you're doing is, is not only that you're doing it, it's also that every step of the way, you are showing other women that it can be done while following your own path. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, and that's exactly it. You've hit the, the nail on the head that that's exactly it. Is, is, you know, at first I was not being true to myself and I was being something different and trying to be different just to fit in. And then, you know, it just kind of woke up and was like, what am I doing? I'm not, don't, you know, no. <laughs> um, I need to be who I am and just be real. You know, and and then it, it, I feel like if you do that, you know, you, so many things manifest from it itself that in a way that you're next thing you know, all these it's like Pandora's box is opening up and all these great, amazing, beautiful things are happening around me. And 
you know, and it's like that, that I strongly believe is coming from the fact of that I have that mentality now of, you know, I'm doing this because this is who I am, you know, and I think that you just be real with yourself and, and it's important for any business. I mean, you know, any business owner, you be real with yourself, so much can happen. You know? And it's so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. It's like, ugh, whatever. It's good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Bobby, what's your bold vision for you and for virtual gurus? Well, um, you know, I'm going to just work hard. Focus is now. We just closed the funding round. And, uh, you know, it's it's quite a bit that I've raised. And, and so uh, the focus is really to just take the company to the scale, um, really get it up there. We're going to be launching our AI uh, Slack bot right away. Pretty soon, our HR onboarding for mass onboarding and vetting, um, and really just focus on the whole marketplace itself and, and, and finalizing the marketplace and getting it to that next level. Um, Future-wise, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll be here five, ten years from now, and then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You never know, and I can't predict that far, and I've never really have. But if I was to say where it's going to be, I would say it would be about 30 to $40 million company for sure um, within the next five, ten years for sure. That's an amazing mm-hmm. goal and ambition yeah. for sure. Yeah. Bobby, I want to say thank you so much for your time, um, your insights, and for allowing us to hear your passion. You, you. were you had posted on LinkedIn um, around the same time that I started the show. You had had a little video that you had hit seven figures, and that yeah. was quite a while ago. And I. <laughs> it was so important to me that we have this conversation and I appreciate that you that you said yes and came on and, and we were able to have this chat. Thank you. And we have grown a lot since then. <laughs> Amazing. So, it's yeah. awesome. No, it's been a pleasure. And, and thank you for your patience and reaching out to me. I've been so busy and, and stuff uh, closing this round, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and anything to inspire. So anybody ever has any questions, just reach out for sure. Perfect. Awesome. And I will include all of your um, how, how to find you and how to hire you in the show notes. Um, and in the meantime, I do want to say thank you to everyone who is listening today. You can subscribe where you listen to podcasts. My name is Sarah Roach-Lewis, and this is Breakthrough. Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.